Welcome to Hope City Church. Hey, my name is Joe, and I am the South Louisville campus pastor of Hope City Church. And I just want to let you know right now that I am so grateful that you have decided to be a part of our series that we are calling Long Story Short, where we are going through the Bible, connecting stories from Genesis to Revelation. We're like drawing a line, connecting the dots, so we can learn about God and find out who He is and who He's created you and me to be. So no matter where you are today, in your living room, watching on a Facebook Live, maybe listening to a podcast, maybe someone sent you this link to be an encouraging voice in your life, I want to let you know that I'm happy and grateful that you are here with us. So let's go ahead and get started today. So over the past few weeks, we've been walking through the Old Testament. We've been learning about the history of Israel, which is God's chosen people. We've learned about Adam and Eve, creation and sin. We learned about the promises of Abraham and that God would promise to make his family a great nation whose family tree would eventually lead to Jesus. We learned about Moses and how he brought Abraham's descendants out of bondage from Egypt and through the wilderness on a journey that was meant to take only a few weeks that took 40 years. We learned that even after God providing for those people through all those years, that they drifted. They drifted away from God. They turned their backs on them, living this life of rebellion and repentance. And last week, Pastor Katie told us about the prophets, people that God used, used their voices to warn Israel. God warned them that if they didn't turn their ways away from idols, if they didn't turn back to him, that they would eventually be captured and destroyed, that their enemies would come against them. But they didn't listen to the warnings. And so that's where we find ourselves today. We're finishing out the Old Testament. And we see what happens to God's people when they refuse to turn away from them sin and trust and follow God. See, the Bible is like this library. It's this collection of, of 66 books that are not independent of each other. They uh, tell this story that leads all the way from the beginning and points to the promises of eternity in Jesus. See, the Bible is just more than a book. It's alive. It's active. The Holy Spirit is in this book. Some people say that when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. You know what? That's great. But you know what? There's also 7,870 printed words in the Bible. So where do you start? How do you begin? How do you have, how do you have time to, to read it? Well, I'm going to assume for, for some of us, and maybe for most of us right now, our schedule's pretty empty. With no school and, and no sports and no non-essential business being, being prepared, that life has been suspended. The busyness of life that has seemed to devour all of our free time, it's been put on hold. And maybe right now that there is some time, time in your schedule that's freed up, that you can open your Bible Begin to read it. To, and, and I believe when you do, that you will be comforted, that you will gain perspective, and that you will grow in knowledge of, of God and how much that he loves you. See, here's our big ideal for today, what we're going to be talking about. And that is failure. Failure is a chance to find God again. Failure is a chance to find God again. See, the Old Testament describes God's people, the Israelites, 
They repeatedly, they repeatedly failed to, to follow him, choosing to worship idols and, and false gods of, of other cultures. They're removing God from, from the center of their hearts. And as a result, God sought new ways to get their attention. Repeatedly, he gives them opportunities to turn back to him. It would be fair to say that, that today, this section of the Old Testament, you could call it, you could call it tough love. This section is after God has given warnings, an opportunity, a tenth, a hundredth chance. God finally gives the people what they want, and that is a life without God. Now, I'm sure if you asked the people what they wanted, that they wouldn't say they wanted a life without God. They would probably tell you that, say things like, I want to be like the Philistines. I don't want to have to give my money to the temple. I don't want to have to follow all these rules that, that God, that you gave Moses. And see, that's what's tricky. That's where the trouble comes. See, with sin, when you get what you want, you also get what you don't want. And, and if I was to ask you, I doubt you would say that you want divorce. You want bankruptcy. You want a child or your children to hate you. You want an addiction that, that's killing you. I want none of my friends to trust me. Or anything like that. But I think what you probably would say is, I just want to have some fun. I, I, I just want to be with that person. You know what? I, I just don't want to have to follow any rules. But every time you get what you want, you also get what you don't want. And that is what's happened to God's people. See, around 600 BC, God chose King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians to invade Israel. This happened multiple times over 20 years. And in the third time, it was the worst. The Babylonians killed thousands and countless and countless Israelites. They demolished the sacred temples of Jerusalem. They carried Israelites back to Babylon into slavery. And see, when that invasion was over, the city of Jerusalem was in ruins. And the people, they were scattered. And it was out of doubt, it was, this was the worst day in the history of Israel. They had lost the promised land and their temple and most of their relatives. So let's read a section here in 2 Chronicles that describes what's happening. It's in 2 Chronicles 36, and it goes from 17 to 20. And so the Lord brought the king of Babylon against them. The Babylonians killed Judah's young men, even chased after them into the temple. They had no pity on the people, killing both young men and young women, the old and the infirmed. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. The king took, the king took home to Babylon all the articles, large and small, used in the temple and the treasures from both the Lord's temple and the palace of the king and his officials. And then his armies burned the temple of God tore down the walls of Jerusalem, burned all of the palaces, and completely destroyed everything of value. The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon, and they became servants of the king and his sons until the kingdom of Persia came to power. Historically, this is what's called the exile. The time when Israel was taken from their land and now the question is, what's next? 
Where do they go? Who do they turn to? Let me put it to you this way. What do you do after the worst day of your life? Now, God willing, you're never going to be exiled out of your own country. But that doesn't mean that you won't have a life-defining bad day. Maybe you're fired, foreclosed, divorced, bankrupt. You're found out. You've been sentenced. What are you supposed to do after the worst day of your life? Where do we turn? Who do we turn to? Well, so, so for the time that we have together, this is what we're going to be talking about. What can we do? What can we ask God to do when we are on the other side of our biggest failure? The exile is that time for God's people. It's after the consequences and the aftermath of failure. God's people kept wanting other things other than God. They also, God also allowed them to have what they wanted. And that means that they got what they didn't want. And so this time period that we're covering today, it's, it's only 70 years. And even though it's, one of the, it's the shortest time of the series that we're going to be covering during Long Story Short, a lot, of these, a lot of the famous stories happen during these 70 years. Stories like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. It's encouraging to know that even in our darkest days, the lowest point of our life, that God is still doing miraculous things that we're talking about still today. Now, obviously, we don't have enough time to go into and cover all of these stories. So what we're going to do is we're going to take all of their stories and we're going to bundle them together. And we're going to look at the themes of all of their stories. What can we learn from Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What can we learn from Esther, Nehemiah, and the others? What did God do? What did they do after their worst day, the darkest and most depressing time of their life? Well, here's what we're going to learn from that time. Even when God uses tough love, he still loves us. Even when you feel like it's over, God's not done. There's still hopes for your dreams. There's still favor on your life. There is still possibilities for your future. Throughout these famous Old Testament stories, we can find three things that came out of what seemed to be the worst circumstances for Daniel and Ezekiel. And the same is true for us because of God. God can use our worst days to prepare us for our greatest days. So here, let me tell you, this is the three things that we can hold on to on the other side of failure. The first one is, is humility. Knowing who you are and treating others with respect. That is the definition of humility. See, the Israelites demonstrated all throughout the Old Testament that they lacked humility. And then they found themselves in exile, defeated, broken, and enslaved. They disrespected and dishonored God, believing that they knew better. And that is what led them to their worst day. Being humble and having humility does not mean that you are self-deprecating or devalue your importance. After all, 
You were created in the image of God. You are well-loved. It's okay to think of yourself in high regard and, and have a good self-personal value. It's when pride and, and self-importance creep into our minds that troubles come. The on, only one person can sit on a throne at a time. And when you're sitting on the throne, there is no place for God. See, Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride comes before destruction. Ultimately, Israel removed God from the throne, worshiped other idols, and rebelled against God's authority over them. When you think you know better, you often end up worse. A little time passes, you, you get a more lenient parole officer, the, the marriage counseling starts to, to relieve the tension of your relationship, you, you start to feel normal again. You, you get a little swagger in your step. You, you lose a few pounds. You, you start to put a little money in your savings account. And then what happens? See, progress can lead us to forgetfulness. It's, that's when pride can, can creep in and our dependence on God can start to weaken. See, we always have to be on guard against our own pride and, and our own abilities. Being humble is constantly reminding ourselves that we're broken, that we're gonna drift, that we are able to forget the hard lessons that we've learned. See, humility is reminding ourselves is that we belong to God and He wants to be at the center of our heart, guiding us, instructing us, and prompting us towards His plan and purpose. See, the second good thing that comes out of bad times is hope. You know what hope is? Hope is trusting that God is up to something. See, this word hope has become this word that we use in, in, in pleasant conversation and polite speech. It's become this, this well-wishing. I hope you do good at school day. I hope you have a great day at work. Man, I, I just hope you, you win the lottery. And that's not the way that we should define our hope. Hope is meant to represent this, this expectation, this feeling that God is up to something, trusting that God will do something. Hope as a follower of Jesus means that no matter what happens, no matter what may come, no matter of our mistakes, our failures, our circumstances, no matter the diagnosis, the bankruptcy, the divorce, the trouble in our life, no matter what I am facing, either that I'm a victim of circumstance or that it's repercussions of my own actions, one thing that I can trust in is Jesus Christ. Because of hope, we trust and believe that God is for us in every situation. God wants us to endure. He wants us to keep pursuing a relationship with him. And see what's hard for most of us is that we live in a world full of hope killers. The media, social media, politics, movies, negativity is the killer of hope. When you find yourself saying things like, I'm just being honest, I'm keeping it real, Listen, I ain't trying to be negative, but you are using words that are robbing us of one of God's greatest spiritual gifts, and that 
is hope. Place hope in your heart. Believe again. Trust that God is up to something. It is my prayer today that you will hold on to hope, that you will put it into your heart and hope will grow. That you will grow in this absolute confidence that God is able to do more than you could ever imagine. That God is able to deliver you from any situation. God loves a comeback story. God loves a comeback story so much that the resurrection of Jesus was his ideal. What the enemy meant for evil, God will use it for our good. There's no dream too big. There's no circumstance too great that God can't handle. Let's recap for a moment. The three things that come out of bad times. The first one is humility. And the second one is hope. And now I'm going to give you the third one. And here it is. The third good thing that comes out of bad times is help. Today, I want to let you know that you're not alone. And what do I mean by when saying that you're not alone? Well, if you look at the Old Testament during the stories of, of the exile, the people that God used to start over to restore Israel, they were not alone. They had a couple things. They had faith in God and they had friends that helped them. See, here at Hope City Church, we say this all the time, that life gets better with family and faith. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Ezra, Esther, Daniel, the, and, and others, they, they were different from the people that caused the exile of Israel. See, they remembered God. They prayed. They fasted. They believed that God was for them. During times of hardships and trials, this will show where your true loyalties lie. People who are helping, people who are willing to help rebuild with you what has fallen, those are the ones you hold on to. See, everybody loves a renovation project show on HDTV. They love to see the plans and, and the hopes for this, this old house to be restored, picking out paint colors and lighting and fixtures and landscapings, these great ideals that, 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 that promise to see something rehabilitated. And then what happens? Cut to a commercial, you come back after a small break and everything's perfect. Everything's beautiful. The, the host comes out and says, awesome job, everybody. Thanks. And see what they don't show you is the process of the rebuilding process. The hours and hours of labor, of cutting and ripping and pulling and, and, and tearing out and redoing work that has already been done. What you also don't see is the hardworking team of people in the background during the, the renovation. On the outside looking in, renovation work, it looks easy. Picking up the pieces and starting over, anyone can do that. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's simply not true. After your worst day, you're gonna need some help to rebuild. It's not easy. You are gonna have setbacks. It's going to take time. You won't be able to do it alone. God will use tough love to start the rebuilding process, to start over, to renovate our hearts, to remove the idols, 
to remove the past, to knock down strongholds and barriers. He desires for us to create a new space in our hearts for him at the center of our lives. Knowing that you're not alone and you have friends and God is with you, making a way to restore the hope that was lost inside your failure, knowing that, that you're not alone, is gonna give you endurance. It's gonna give you confidence and it's gonna give you courage to move forward. After our greatest failure, you will figure out who your friends are. And on the other side of your worst days, God will rebuild what has been broken, restore what has been lost, and be with his people. God tells us over and over again, if we keep our eyes, our hearts, and our minds fixed on him, he will show up. Failure is a chance to find God again. And as we close our time together today, I wanna give you a couple thoughts. Failure is not final if it points you back to God. It's a place, it's a new starting point. Failure, you will learn humility. God desires a place of authority over you. And in your failure, you learn your hope in God is all that really matters. And on the other side of disaster, you're not alone. God will help you. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you for the people that have taken their time out to gather around and hear the good news of that you are for us. And God, I pray that in, any, in every situation in their lives, God, may they be on the side before the fall, during the fall, or in the midst of a re rebuilding process, God, that you are for us and you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.